Welcome to Lore of the Loch, brought to you by the Any Collective. Come, take a seat by the fire. Today's tale is a story of love and loss. Are you sitting comfortably? Then let's begin. Johnny Croy was the strongest and most handsome man in all of Sanday, if not the whole of Orkney. Many a young lass gazed on him with hungry eyes as he passed by, but he was a shy young man, and if he noticed their looks, then he never let it show. Oh, he's coming! He's coming! Oh, he's so dreamy. Okay, everyone, stay calm. Wait, do I have anything in my teeth? Morning, lasses. Morning, Johnny. Johnny, are you working on the ship today? Not today. I'm helping mother with the sheep. They'll be lambing any day now. Ah, you're such a kind man, Johnny. Cheers. Enjoy your day, lasses. It's a bonny one. (laughs) Sandy, as the name implies, is a flat island with white beaches of sand that stretch for miles. One day, Johnny was out by the cliffs at the southwest of the island, where the sandy land rises and the selkies play. It was said that people who had drowned were turned into seals, and we called them the Selkie Folk. Johnny was looking for driftwood for the fire, when suddenly he heard a more beautiful sound than he had ever heard in his whole life. Come on down to the water, The music was being carried towards him on the warm summer's breeze, a song as intoxicating as a strong, sweet perfume. It filled his senses until his head was spinning like he was about to faint. Johnny braced himself for a moment, fighting the enchantment of the song, but... The urge to see where it was coming from was too great. (gasps) Then he saw her. He stood, fixed to the spot, as he stared in wonder. That is the most beautiful woman I've seen in all my life. The mermaid sat on a rock in the sun, combing her long, flowing hair with a comb of pure gold. She was naked from the waist up, but wore a petticoat of silver shot through with blues and greens, which twisted together to form a tail. She sang as she combed her hair, and her song drew him into her like a moth to a flame. I swear on God above... I will never take a bride unless it is this mermaid. My heart is filled with love for her and desire burns within me like the sun. The mermaid has not seen him yet. So completely was she lost in her song. You need to be fast about this, Johnny boy. Okay. What am I to do? He crouched down on the beach, crawling through the wet seaweed like an animal until he was between her and the sea. She still had not seen him when he was within striking distance. And then, with a lunge, he grabbed her tightly and kissed her on the lips. The mermaid sat there for a moment, stunned. 
But then she swept up her tail and slapped him on the side of the head. She gathered up her petticoat and ran down to the sea, plunging into the water. <laughs> now it was Johnny's turn to be stunned as he gathered his senses together and shook his head. He was impressed at her strength, as no man had ever been strong enough to put him on his back before. He saw that she was in the sea, just offshore, and she stared at him with smouldering eyes. She was furious with him for having so rudely kissed her without asking her permission. But, mixed in with that anger, there was love at the sight of this handsome man. It was then Johnny noticed something at his feet, glinting in the sunlight. He saw that it was her golden comb lying among the seaweed. He picked up the comb and held it aloft for her to see. Thank you for leaving me this token of your love! My comb! Give it back to me, please! I cannot go back to my home under the sea without it! I will be mocked and laughed at! Oh, handsome man, please give it back to me! No, no, my pretty maid! I will only give this back to you if you promise to marry me and come live with me on my land! I have a fine farm called Valyar, with a good stock of cattle and sheep! No, I couldn't live in your cold land with your black rain and white snow. I couldn't bear your icy wind and frost, and your smoky fires would dry me up like the poor fish that you hang over it. Come with me to Finfolkahim, our home under the sea where mermaids and finfolk dwell in peace and happiness. There's no wind or rain in my land, and you will rise in power and wealth and become an important man. We will live in joy and happiness forevermore. But in your land you have no beef, no chicken. Our crops and livestock will excite you more than any seaweed could. We see the sun set and rise every day over the hills. We are closer to God, my dear. Stay with me and be in likeness to God. But, 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 but we have servants. You'd never have to lift a finger again. Why would you want servants when you can have the, uh, the, the, the satisfaction of being uh, self-sufficient? <laughs> Someone's coming! I must go! Wait! Who are you talking to, Johnny? What? Oh, nothing. Damn. Johnny turned around and walked home to Voyar with a heavy weight of sorrow around his heart. Little did he know that his mother was perched at the door as she'd been anxiously waiting for the firewood. Ah. Oh. There he is! Finally! Oh, my son. What's wrong with him? He always looks at his feet when he's upset. (sighs) Hi, Mother. Here's your firewood. Sorry it took so long. What's the matter, dear? Johnny pulled out the golden comb he had been clutching to his heart and showed her. She stared at it with a look of horror on her face, for she had the reputation of being a wise woman. Mother, I saw the most beautiful woman I'd ever seen at the shore today. I tried to kiss her, but she slapped me. Mother, I love her. I will never be happy unless I have her as my bride. You are a fool for falling in love with a sea lass. But what can you expect from a man? If you want my advice, you will go back to the shore, throw that comb as far out into the sea as you can, and forget all about her. (sighs) That I cannot do, Mother. I... You are a right idiot indeed. Well, if you insist on having a sea lass as your bride, then you must do as I tell you. Not that you've ever been any good at that. Mother! 
you must keep that comb in your possession. For as long as you have it, you have power over her. She won't rest until she gets it back. Then you will be able to bend her will to yours. But, for God's sake, boy, if you have any spark of wit in that head, you will return it to the sea, for no good will come of this. I cannot live without her. The time passed slowly for Johnny Croy. The days dragged by and the nights seemed endless. Sleep scarcely visited Johnny as he tossed and turned in his bed, his mind burning with the vision of the mermaid's beauty. One morning, as dawn approached, Johnny fell into a fitful sleep. In his dream, he could hear the song of the mermaid filling his head. So sweet, so beautiful, so full of enchantment. Johnny, my love, where are you? I'm here! I'm here! Where are you, Johnny Croy? I can't find you! Love, I'm here! Can't you see me? Johnny, follow my voice. You're almost there, my love. Keep following my voice. Johnny got out of bed and opened his bedroom door. The mermaid's song became as clear as my voice in your ear. She was really there, singing a concert just for him. Hello, my handsome man. I have come to ask you to return my precious comb. No, I will not do that. Then come with me and be my loving husband in Finfulkahim. You will live in a castle of crystal and be with me forevermore. No, my sweet love. Marry me. Be my bride and live here with me. Hmm. I will make you an offer, which I think is fair. I will marry you and live with you on land for seven years. But at the end of that time, you must come with me and all my goods and visit my family under the sea. Will you do that for me, my fine, handsome man? That I will. Gladly. They fell into each other's arms and their lips met, the sweetest kisses that Johnny had ever known. The kirk was booked and the minister paid, ready for the big day. It was the talk of the island. Johnny Croy was getting married to some strange lass no one knew. The folk of Sandy were keen to catch a glimpse of the stranger who had won the heart of their handsome young man. I heard she's not even that pretty. Yeah, and I heard that she had to practically beg him to marry her. How sad. Shut up, you jealous wenches. <laughs> when the day came, the mermaid arrived at the kirk wearing a dress of silver and gold. Her long golden hair hung loose over her shoulders and around her neck was a string of pearls, each one as big as a cockle shell. When the minister prayed, she stuffed her hair into her ears as the mermaids cannot bear to hear the word of God, or to see the cross. After they were wed, there was a party at Royar, and everyone was amazed by the bride, who danced as light as a feather, and whose beauty outshone all of the local girls. Oh, what a night! Uh, I'm so happy, Johnny! Your happiness is now my number one priority. I'll always keep you safe, I promise. Oh, I 
love you, handsome man. I love you so much, dear. The mermaid was a good wife. Who's for another round? I'll take one. I, me too. You know, my wife brewed this ale. By far the best on the island, don't you think? Aye, I reckon it will be. Fresh as the day she brewed it, huh? And it doesn't half knock you out. <laughs> Indeed. What did I miss, boys? Oh, just the usual. Johnny Boy has been swooning over his mermaid bride. Hold on. Wait a minute. Does your wife cook chicken fricassee for dinner? No, sadly not. I just get a scoop of porridge, if I'm lucky. Exactly. And do either of your wives make creme brulee for pudding twice a week? Ooh, that would be the day. She's a right good cleaner and all. My house is clean as a pin. Have you seen the pigsty you two call a home? Ah, uh, yes, Johnny, we get the point. You're a very lucky man. But at least we don't have to go live under the sea in seven years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who knows? It might not be half bad. I'll come back and visit you lads sometimes, though. Would hate to leave forever. The mermaid was undoubtedly the best wife in the land. All this as well as the kids, who came every year. Seven children were born at Voyar, and each one was beautiful to behold, strong, and clever. But the years slipped past, and soon the seven years were drawing to an end. Darling, have you seen the kids' conch shells? They'll need them when we get under the sea. <sighs> I have no idea. Check the kitchen. Johnny, I know it's sad for you to leave, but you must start packing today. We leave at the turn of the tide tomorrow morning. The mermaid bride went about her day merrily. The same could not be said for Johnny's mother, who pulled him aside with worry on her face. Johnny, don't leave me. I don't want to be left here alone. Ever since your father died, you're all I have. Stay with me, son. Mother, I'm so sorry. I made a deal seven years ago, and I cannot take it back. I shall set up someone to take care of you. No one will care about an old maid like me. That night, Johnny's mother took a piece of wire, twisted it into the shape of a cross, and put it in the fire to heat up. When it glowed red, she took the youngest of the mermaid's children on her knee, and she branded its backside with the sign of the cross. The day dawned, and a boat was seen heading towards the shore below Voyar. In the boat was a crew of Finn men, dark, surly men who seldom spoke. They loaded all of the mermaid's goods into the boat, followed by Johnny and the kids. The only thing left to get was the baby, and four Finn men were sent to get him. Would you please fetch my youngest son? He's with his grandmother in the house. Of course, madam. Oh, I hope you're all ready for an exciting trip. <laughs> The couple waited a long time before the Finmen returned. The cradle is pinned to the floor. I'm so sorry, m madam. What? M my my baby? I won't allow you to take this innocent child into those unholy waters. The mermaid rushed the cradle, pulled back the blankets and tried to pick up her son. But a burning pain shot up both arms. For the mermaid bride could not hold a child branded by the Holy Cross. She looked at her baby son lying there, and the tears started to fall from her eyes as she slowly turned to go. 
Granny sat there with tears in her eyes too, but a laugh hung about her mouth. Alas, for my bonny boy, doomed to live and die among mortals here on land, he will never know that his mother loved him as dearly as she loved her own life. He'll know you loved him. That I can promise. With these words, the mermaid climbed into the boat and it set sail across the bay and was never seen again by mortal eyes. For Johnny and his mermaid bride never returned to Sanday, but remained in that magical realm under the sea. Their baby boy was known as Corsacroy, meaning Croy of the Cross, and he grew to be the strongest man in all of Orkney. After his granny died, he took to the sword and became a great warrior. He won great fame and fortune for himself as he cut down his enemies like a field of corn falls before the reaper. He amassed a great wealth and married a Jarl's daughter in the South Country, across the Pentland Firth. And for all I know, he might be living yet. And there you have it. We hope you enjoyed our tale. Come back again next time for another story. And just remember, your true love is out there somewhere, singing a concert just for you. Uh.